Hey, it's Daddy, and welcome back to Daddy as Fuck. Today, we tackle the topic of coming out and living open. In response to a listener message, we're going to examine Daddy's perspective and journey on exactly what it took to make the decision to come out to his family and friends about his non-normative lifestyles and the ensuing ups and downs of what it is to live on the other side of the closet door. So let's get on down the bunny hole. So Daddy had a reply to one of his episodes. Uh, It was actually a comment directly on the episode itself in the Anchor platform. Pretty cool feature. And the listener posted, I'm scared about coming out to people who know me as a little. How do I even start? Well, personally speaking, I've lived on both sides of the closet door and have a lot to say about my experience, at least. For 12 years, my partners and I worked to conceal our various non-normative lifestyles and activities until we simply felt constrained by the walls of discretion. The desires for our life had outgrown the boundaries of normalcy, and we chose to act rather than to keep up the act. And in one sentence, what I can say about what coming out for me was, is that it will be as hard as you think in some ways. In other ways, people can and will surprise you, and the reward will almost always be worth way more to you than it will be to those around you. That's just one sentence that sums up my experience, and there's a hell of a lot more to it than that. The listener who posted wanted to know, how do I even start? Well, I would love to tell you how to start, and actually, it's very, very simple. I'll get to that as one of the last things in this podcast, because there is so much more you have to think about. And if that's the question that you're having right now, I would invite you to ask, a whole lot of questions first. So let's take a look at some of that. Let's get into the nitty gritty, as my friend Nacho Libre likes to say. When it comes to coming out, this can apply, this concept can apply to pretty much any non normative lifestyle, right? Kink, BDSM, sexuality, sexual identity, poly, non-monogamy, swinging, and pretty much any and all subsets of those lifestyles that involve non-normative ways of living. And you can say, well, what's that? What's a non-normative way of living? Well, well, pretty much it's any shit that you don't see in mainstream society as widely accepted ways of living and or loving. You know, there's ad nauseum. Daddy's given plenty of examples in the last few episodes about what normative relationships and relationship norms and ways of loving are supposed to look like. You know, what we're programmed from a very young age and very few of us are programmed differently. Most of us have had the same programming and the same societal influences along the way. So I think everybody has a pretty solid grasp on what normative is and thus non-normative is not that. <laughs> Now, I call it coming out because I was aware that the choices I was making in my life to be a swinger or to be poly or to be kinky were likely to garner lots of questions and judgment from friends and loved ones who did not have the same interests or inclinations or even any, even any of the same understanding of what those lifestyles and those things you know that people did meant to the people who did them, right? So I would feel judged and possibly looked down upon for the things that I was doing. That's how I felt. So I chose to avoid that judgment and having to explain myself by hiding those parts of my life. I would make excuses for where I was going and excuses for what I was doing and who I was, sometimes who I was doing it with um, just to conceal any possibility that the people would have a reason to suspect me of doing anything that wasn't a perfectly natural, normal thing to do, at least in their eyes, because the things that I was doing felt perfectly natural and normal to me, and hence the fucking conundrum here. You know, we're just doing our best to live a good life, and so what if it involves whips and chains and multiple partners? It's all consensual, right? Yeah, well... In a world where all that shit has always happened for centuries and eons, but behind closed doors, so as not to disrupt the flow of what is considered acceptable and normal, I certainly had a healthy fear of being one that the spotlight was on. But even at that, when my wife were 
living our best life, our best non-normative life. My ex-wife and I would would go to hedonism. That was kind of the first thing we used to do together that was uh, our entrance into like swinging and walking deeper and deeper down the non-normative pathway. And uh, very, very early on, I think it was a few years in, occasionally she and I would let slip that we were going to Jamaica and we were going to this particular town. And I think at one point, four or five trips in, we were like, we're going to hedonism. We're like, fuck it. You know, we're just going to say where we're going when it doesn't say anything about what we're doing when we're there. Well, come to find out that when we got home to a barrage of questions from a Google-friendly family, my mom practically assaulted my wife with the question, You don't let him fuck other women, do you? To which, of course, we gave hearty eye rolls, laughs, and lies to brush it off that we went there for the nude sunbathing and, of course, the partying. It was like a crazy wild vacation spot, and we just... We just stayed on the side that partied a lot. We knew that crazy stuff happened there, but we didn't want anything to do with that. Of course, we totally fucked other people. A couple times, anyway. Why did we lie? Why didn't we come completely out as hedonist swingers? Because it was easier. It was easier than what? Easier than trying to convince folks who had a negative position to accept us for choosing to make those life choices. We didn't want to be judged, and we didn't want to have to explain our actions, so we lied. We stayed in the closet. It was easier to stay in the closet and have a pure, isolated, and contained experience than let all that judgment into our safe space. We could stay hidden and enjoy it privately, or live open and be questioned by others who didn't understand. Or worse, what our biggest fear was losing friends and family over it, people who would judge us in our choices. You know, and these fears aren't totally unfounded either. My ex-wife and I had um, a couple. They were vanilla friends of ours. And I remember them talking about this other couple they knew that, that, that were swingers. And they were like, yeah, man, you got to be careful around them. You got to look out for them. They're swingers. You know, they'll, they'll try to sleep with you. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, I'm glad we didn't tell these people that we're swingers because I don't want my vanilla male friends thinking that I'm a threat, that I'm going to try to fuck their wife. So just yet another reason that I didn't want to pollute our relationships with vanilla people living normative lifestyles, at least out in the open. <laughs> There's the irony, right? You know, maybe they're swingers when we when we walk out, they're calling their swinger friends like, yeah, come on over. Let's go on the hot tub. Because that's what we were doing. <laughs> Posing as normal vanilla people. It's crazy. It's crazy. But the fears are real. The fears are founded on something. Like we all pretend that we're normal. And truth is, we go in the back room and, you know, it's prohibition. And we're selling whiskey out of the back of the candy store. You know, it's it's a, it's a what do they call that? A racket. You know, we all live these fucking rackets. And I just didn't want to fucking live a racket anymore. I wanted to sell whiskey out of the store. And I wanted everybody to know where to get the whiskey. (laughs) You know, they also, I got good candy too, but I also have whiskey. And uh, I was just tired of lying. So when I thought about the idea of coming out, and when I think about the idea of coming out, I think of things like this. I want to be known as who I am by family and friends. I don't want to make excuses or lie anymore. I'm tired of living out of integrity. I don't want to be limited by excuses and lies, where I can go and where I can't go out of fear of being seen or discovered. I want to be accepted for who I am and the choices that I'm making. I want to know who likes me for me instead of who they think I am. The lie. The vanilla face, the racket, just pretending to be someone that I think you want me to be because that's what we all do in some form or another. Not all of us, but those of us who are living non-normative lifestyles can identify with it, I'm sure. Now, when I examine these thoughts or these questions for myself, it's always led me to the realization that my identity had evolved from someone I was once to someone that I am. Because I was once a vanilla dude, you know? I just lived a normal vanilla life and romantic fairy tale relationship and that didn't work out so time to like you know whip it out and get crazy let's try something different man sometimes you gotta try a little wrong dog and i tried a lot of wrong 
And that's, that's, I tried so much wrong that eventually I evolved away from who I was to someone that I had become, you know, someone that I now am. And that new person was living a life outside of convention. And I was feeling a need to live more as the person that I am than the one I used to be. And now that I was pretending to be that person for the sole reason of being afraid of impacting my relationships with the people who know me how I used to be, it kind of squelched my experience of who I had become. And there's also a huge amount of fear that because I'm not living a normally and widely accepted lifestyle, that people who knew me as I used to be won't accept me anymore and I'll be lost. This all leads to a feeling that what I am doing, the person that I've become, is wrong. Shame, you know? And I don't like feeling ashamed for living a life that makes me feel the most like me. So I think about coming out. And in small, strong moments like that, it sounds worth it to warrior up and fight the battle to stand on my own two feet as who I really am. But very quickly, I shrink back down under the weight of fear of being judged by the incredibly powerful normative machine with all of its proof and examples about what living and loving should look like. Fuck, that's a pickle. So how do you know when it's time to come out? How do you know it's time to come out? Hmm, well, I guess I can start by telling my story. So, in 2002, I started with my ex-wife to explore an adventurous way of living. Parties and swinging and nude beaches and clubs and kinky clothing and drug experimentation, all the things. We used to go to this really nice club in town nearby to us that was just a, a represent, it represented just about every cross section of non-normative culture, sexual gender identities to lifestyles. It was just an absolute mashup of anything and everything non-normative and they fucking celebrated it every Friday night. It was awesome. So one time uh, on the way to my brother's house, on the way to the club, I stopped at my brother's house to, to drop off um, something for, I think it was St. Patrick's Day anyway. I'm dressed in my club gear. You know, I had like rave pants on and a mesh see-through shirt and, you know, and I, I knocked on his door and I handed it to him and the look on his face was priceless. He was like, okay. And I, I, don't, I don't know why I did it, but I think, you know, even back then I was just starting to have these little inclinations of like, Hey, I'm just doing what I'm doing, man. And, uh, you know, I, I received back my radar, picked up this like, look like of what are you, what are you doing? You know? So I kind of picked up like, Oh, 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 maybe, maybe I should have put a coat on <laughs> before I came to the door. So it's clearly obvious that I'm doing something a little out there. So that was one of my very first experiences. Um, and another experience that I had is, um, I had gotten my nipples pierced, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm just like straight, at this point, straight vanilla dude, you know, who was just divorced a couple of years ago and met this girl. And I'm just like, uh, everyone I know is expecting me to be off doing like simple, normal dude things. It's like, hey, when are you moving in together? When are you getting married? When are you having kids kind of shit, you know? And here we are partying it up in the background. So I, I got my nipples pierced. And, and I remember... The first time that my brother saw them and uh, sorry, bro, I'm not picking on you because my, my brother's actually a daddy now. Um, uh, it, this, this was just our experiences through the framing of the lives we were living at the time. But I remember walking down the stairs to the beach and my brother was walking up the stairs and he passes me and he sees my nipple piercings and he points at it and he goes, "Ooh, gross. And I just remember walking down the stairs feeling this mix of emotions of like a little bit of shame, a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of fuck you, you know, like, um, you know, standing on my own two feet, kind of fuck you empowerment at the same time. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just kind of letting it all hang out and experimenting with what it feels like to kind of make that let not make that transition quite yet, but let that side of myself that I'm becoming and evolving show just a little bit, just a little bit. 
Here's a dude at the time that, you know, his marriage just crashed after eight years. You know, the girl he met in college and it's like, poor him. He's just like cutting it all loose and he's going crazy for the first time in his life. He's getting a little wild. So, all right, nipple piercings, that wasn't a big deal. So then then comes hedonism, you know, and I've already kind of told that story of how he let that cat out of the bag. And, you know, we come home to everyone who's been Googling saying shit like, you don't let people fuck your wife, do you? You don't let people fuck your husband, you know, like we have to have control over them at all times because that's the normative framing. Anything outside of that is just like, holy shit, mind-blowing. You know, my, my mom actually asked me a couple of years later if we had some friends down the street that we hung out with a lot, and she sees me in the kitchen one night, and we're getting ready to go out, and I don't know why, what she vibe she picked up on, but she just got had grabbed her all the gall to look at me and go, you guys don't fuck Jack and Patty, do you? And I'm like horrified because no we didn't nor would we ever because they weren't that kind of friend so actually at that point I wasn't lying I was telling the god's honest truth and I was like right there with her horrified about the notion of fucking Jack and Patty because <laughs> no but you know Alex and Janie yeah we're fucking the shit out of them <laughs> and then came the poly right so um, my ex-wife and I had met another couple and we're in this big polyamorous relationship. And, you know, we had this fear of getting caught because they had kids and we didn't want our family to know. We didn't want them to find out. We had this fear that my uh, parents or my brother or, or my friends would or friends of the family would see me out with my partner at a restaurant or at the mall or would see my ex-wife with her partner out at a restaurant in the mall and it would look like we were cheating, right? And that's, we really didn't want them to be concerned for us. Like compassionately, my heart was like, I had compassion. I didn't want my parents wrestling with the feeling like, oh my God, she's cheating on him and he doesn't even know or vice versa, right? So, you know, we had safe zones where where we would act certain ways, like around um, the other couple's town, we, we would act completely platonic. We had platonic zones. And it, it same same in our town or if we if we were, you know, at a place where we would we would spend a lot of time with family and friends or we knew a lot of people, we would decide to manage affection and act platonically, just like we were out with uh, Jack and Patty. You know, it's a perfectly natural, normal thing to do. Nope, we're totally not railing these people behind closed doors. And I'm certainly not dating this dude's wife. No, no, no. We're just friends. We're just friends. So, you know, we, we learned how to manage affection and, um, you know, act platonically in certain areas to limit the risk of getting caught. It's exhausting. Now, when we first started to think about coming out, um, I had started by telling a couple of people that I trusted. There was someone at work that I really confided in a lot, and she was a great work friend, and we told each other a lot of stuff about each other's lives. She would confide, confide in me about her kids and her husband, and I would confide in her about my relationship and the things that we were doing, so she knew I had a polyamorous girlfriend. So um, one day, my polyamorous girlfriend and I were at the mall and we ran into her and I was like ooh 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 come here come here come here you've got to meet you know you've got to meet so and so and I introduced them to each other and and it felt so good I was like wow that felt fucking fantastic to be able to introduce you to someone in my life and bring you into my life it felt amazing I was like so I, like I'm getting shivers up my spine because it felt so good to just be like welcome into my life you know, finally, welcome into my life. I don't have to hide you. Fuck, that felt really good. And I shit you not, 10 steps later, we turn around and there's someone rummaging through a clothes rack and I look up and I'm like, oh, holy shit, that's my brother's in-laws. We got to go. So, and we turned and we left and I'm like, holy shit, I hope they didn't see us. I hope they weren't watching. I hope I, that God knows how long they saw us together and what they saw, because up to that point, I was just out with my girlfriend, right? I wasn't making any pretense about it. We were in the mall. We felt we were in a safe zone. So we we're acting like boyfriend, girlfriend. And I'm like, shit, did they see anything? So finally, uh, you know, that got us thinking and nothing ever came of it. But I think it was about a year later that we just decided that enough was enough. 
my ex-wife and I talked a lot about the options and we were, she was on the fence a little bit more than I was, but I put a lot of faith in my family and, and we decided to come out in 2016. It was like 14 years after starting our non-normative journey, right? And uh, we came out to my parents and, you know, I, my mom was really accepting. My, my dad struggled a lot to understand it. And it resulted in a lot of distancing and judgment from my dad. He had a hard time wrapping his head around the fact that she was sleeping with another man. Even though I was sleeping with the dude's wife and it was a secure, stable relationship and we were all managing it and everybody knew and integrity and honesty, yada, 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 was, was all preserved. He was just like, I, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't get how she can do that to you. And I'm like, she's not doing anything to me. And as a matter of fact, I, whatever she's doing to me, I'm doing to her because, and he's like, yeah, but she's with another, she's sleeping with, he couldn't get over the fact that she was disrespecting me by sleeping with another man. I'm like, hello, I'm sleeping with another woman. You know, it's, it's just like, we're doing this together. He said, I can accept it, but I will never understand it. And honestly, he never really accepted it. And it led to a lot of feelings of rejection and resentment. And we turned to the poly community for support and advice. And, and we found a lot, you know, we, we found a lot of advice. I remember one of the biggest pieces of advice that's always stuck with me is um, they said in the poly community, if you're coming out to family and friends or people that you're really close with and you love uh, very much and care about them, if you come, come out to them and they're having a really hard time and they're kind of beating you up about it and it's a really a struggle, to manage coming out, give them a year to make sense of it. And then after a year, you can make your choices. You can cut your ties. You can just say enough is enough. You can draw a line in the sand. You can issue an ultimatum or do whatever you need to do, but give them a year to make sense of it. So, you know, we kind of did that. And I had so many fights and arguments with my parents and just, you know, frustrated screaming matches about how I couldn't understand that they couldn't understand that this was a choice that we were making together and just like why are you judging us why are you turning it back us why are you being so cold to us and and just saying the things that you do and letting us know in no uncertain terms that you don't approve of of what we're doing and it's been a year and you know you got to get over it or you're going to lose us from your life and just it, it was 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 not fun there was there was a good come around at one point that can only really be framed as reluctant acceptance, but it put a lot of strain on the relationships between my dad and my ex-wife, um, most notably. My mom and my ex-wife, they, they kind of had off and on anyway, but this, this just kind of turned up the volume there. My ex-wife was a lot more sensitive about the things that my mom said and did because we felt like they were trying to like express their disappointment in us. So it just set us up for some really, really difficult times. And, you know, my dad would make offhand comments. Um, my ex-wife wasn't really huge into affection. You know, she would give, you know, hello and goodbye hugs and kisses as a matter of custom. But sometimes she just, you know, would forget because it didn't come naturally to her. And, you know, my, my dad had made the comment to her face as she was walking away. Well, that's okay because she gives cheap hugs anyway. And I'm, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Did you just fucking say that out loud? And yeah, now I had to deal with that on my two hour ride home. It just seemed like he had such diminished patience and understanding, you know, around family events and stuff um, when it involved my, my ex-wife. And he kind of went out of his way to like make digs at her. And he said he did them in, in ways that usually either only she or I heard them or only she heard them. And my mom had told me several times how my mom would talk to her much differently than uh, when they were alone than she would when I was present. And, and it just the tension just got amped up. And after um, my wife told me that she was she wanted a divorce, um, we broke up for a couple months. Then we got back together. And well, after we got back together, my my dad gave her the absolute cold shoulder. It took my mom a couple weeks to open up, but my dad gave her the absolute cold shoulder. And then a couple of months later, um, my ex-wife said, you know, I said I wanted to try again, but I realized it's just not going to work out. And I do want to get a divorce. And, and of course, you know, that 
filled me with complete and total resentment because I felt like my dad was acting like a fucking asshat. Talk about disrespectful. He was not respecting my choice to have her as a partner and, and repair our marriage. And, and if you asked me at the time, I would say he was making it incredibly difficult. So I felt like he was um, a wedge between us. And uh, I found you know, in, in talking to my dad months later, you know, I said to her, I said, hey, you know, you you really didn't accept it when my ex-wife came back to me and we were trying to make a go of it. You know, you seemed like you were really not happy with the fact that we were we were doing it and, you know, getting back together. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, I didn't trust her. And I told myself that I would give her a month. And if she stayed a month after a month, I would let it all, let it all go. And, you know, we made it 29 days. And then you told us you were getting divorced again. And that was that. And it took a couple of years to heal after the divorce because I put a lot, I had a lot of resentment and a lot of feelings around how they reacted from 2016 to 2019 about us sharing with them our lifestyle and our choices and being open and honest with them and what their reaction was and the, the ensuing distance and stress and strain that it created on our relationships and how my dad choose to, chose to act around the divorce. And, you know, and it's, it's not that they just acted these ways. We had conversations about them. I presented to them these things that they were doing that I felt was hurting me, that I felt was hurting my ex-wife. I put these things on the table to discuss and to, and deconstruct and to work through, but they did their best, you know, at like 78, 79, well, no, at the times like 80, 81 years old, they were doing their best. And, um, you know, it just, it, it was what it was. But, you know, after sharing all that, sometimes I look back and say, we should have kept our fucking mouths shut and let ignorance be bliss. But I had this idealistic notion that to live in integrity meant to live all of my life as me, bravely, honestly, and handle what comes my way. And sure as fuck, that's what I did. But parts of me are just like, why didn't we just do what we did in the privacy of our own lives? Why did we have to tell people? Well, I'll tell you why I told people is because I cared. I cared that they might see us out in the world acting freely with our partners and end up worried about us. I didn't want to have to hide anymore. So part of me is like, I was being fucking selfish by imposing my lifestyle on them. And part of me was like, I don't want to have to like have worry about them thinking that I'm cheating on my wife or worry, but like for years, try to like keep this secret that, you know, she saw my ex, she saw my ex-wife with another man and holding hands and kissing in the mall parking lot, you know? I didn't want to risk that that was the experience that my family and our friends would have in finding out about our lifestyle, you know, but um, selfishly, I just kind of wanted to go wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted and not have to worry who saw us. So it's funny because we came out in 2016, but our couple, our friends did not. So when we were around our friend's neighborhood, we had to be very careful about where we were platonic and where we weren't. But when we were in me and my ex-wife's neighborhood, we could do whatever we wanted, wherever we wanted. And it felt, felt so good, so good. So I say we should have kept our fucking mouths shut and let ignorance be bliss. But quite honestly, I guess the freedom was worth the struggle. Now, fortunately, since the divorce, I've had time with my family to work through years of differences and get back to a really good place. In fact, um, a couple of years, almost two years ago, uh, my family learned that I was dating baby girl, a married woman, and they completely accepted it and completely accepted her. So, you know, it's kind of ironic when you think about it, <laughs> all the shit I went through because me and my wife were dating other people. And now here I am, you know, single again. And I announced that I'm dating somebody. And oh, by the way, she's married. <laughs> I can hear the little voices in their head. It's like, you just can't get enough of that shit, can you? Can't you do anything fucking normal? And that's the point. <laughs> Quite honestly, at this point, I feel like all the work was worth it. Yes, I do. But it was a, it was, um, 2016 to 2019, it was, it was three years of dark times with my family in those relationships. 
And I realized that so much of the tension around my lifestyle and coming out with my ex-wife to my family didn't have as much to do with our choices as the person I think I was married to. There was always tension between my parents and um, and my ex-wife's that, that simply gave them a reason to blame her, I think, for why things weren't normal in our lives and henceforth in their lives. You know why? I think they blamed her for, for making their son like non-normal and, you know, hence they, their experience of me and, you know, we don't have children, there's no grandchildren, you know, and it's all her fault. And she led me down this path of hedonistic debauchery, you know. And uh, I, I never felt that was fair. I felt that they were overly harsh and it made me incredibly wary about bringing any more partners home ever again after my divorce. But after time had passed and, you know, my family got to see that I was okay and actually happy and a good person living a good life. Um, no, I didn't say normal, just a good person living a good life. Then um, I guess all those like non-normative things really didn't matter anymore. And I see them accept my partner with warmth and without judgment. And I know they'll never understand it, but they, they definitely accept it. And I'm sure if I really had to dig deep in there and, and put some assumptions, it's like I assume that they, they think that my ex-wife broke me so that this is like the best I, I, I can do is now I'm broken. So I'm out there dating a married woman, you know, it'll never be normal again. I'm just laughing because I, I feel the most normal I've ever felt living this non-normative life. So enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> How do you know it's time for you to come out? Okay, here's the good and bad of coming out as daddy knows it through his experience. The bad. If you trigger off guilt or shame, if you hate feeling shame and succumb to guilt, coming out will be a very rocky road of self-doubt and those favorite things we call growth opportunities. It will help to have a very compelling reason for coming out that is stronger than the hardships you will be internalizing during the process to keep you steady on your feet. The bad. Yes, more bad. Some things cannot be unheard or unseen. There's no going back. Once you tell someone you're a swinger, how the fuck do you take that back? The good. Oh, there's good. Yes, there's a big mix of good and bad in my experience. So here's one of the good ones. All the fear of being caught or discovered evaporates. Oh, God, such a relief. The bad. Shit, it's back again. The fear of being caught is replaced with managing acceptance in your relationships and managing your own reactions to the reactions of others. So if you're not really good about the reacting to the reaction of others and it like makes you anxious and you just don't enjoy having to explain yourself, then this is not a bad one. It's a really bad one. No, I'm just kidding. But it's, it's just one of the things that you have to deal with that's not fun is managing your reactions and then the reactions of others. The bad. As much as you tell yourself beforehand, fuck whoever doesn't understand, it's just not that simple. The good. Da, 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 da. There is nothing like the feeling of waking up every day and being known fully is who you are. Even if people are judging the fuck out of you, at least... They know you and they're judging the real you. It's one thing that I found that, you know, when I was uh, non-vanilla and pretending to be vanilla, I had to deal with all people's vanilla fucking judgments on top of like all of the non-vanilla stuff that I was judging myself for and being fearful of being judged for. So at least this way, I can just fucking be judged for my non-vanilla stuff and not worry about anything else. <laughs> okay. Next, the good. Living without restrictions on what you do or where you go, without that fear of being discovered, is even better than you imagine it will be. When people in your life know that you're a kinky little bitch, and someone says, oh, I saw you saw so-and-so at the, at the line in front of the kinky club the other night, you'd be like, yeah, I was in the line at the kinky club because I'm a kinky little bitch, and that's where I go to be a kinky little bitch, so suck it. 
bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might be oversimplifying there. But, you know, when people know you as who you are, then you can just like go do the things that you do and not have to worry about it. And they're going to react to you anyway, right? So at least let them react to you doing the things that you enjoy doing. Without restrictions. That's the good. The bad. You will be caught by surprise by reactions you did not anticipate or were not quite ready for. Yeah, that one sucks. It's like, oh, this person's totally going to get it. Eh, nope, they don't. Oh, shit. Yeah, that one's going to pull the rug out from under you. The good. You learn so much about your identity when you have to truly uphold it in the face of the world. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, you know, because when you come out as who you have become and who you really are, you have to be that person now, you know, you, you have to defend yourself and stand on your own two feet. Nothing cements you into an identity or tests your relationship to that identity than having to upfold, uphold it in the face of the world. Beautiful thing. The bad relationships with other people who knew you as the way you were before, quote unquote, before will be strained at least for a time, and not all of them, but some and or most, depending upon your social circle. At least for a time, there will definitely be strain as some people come to understand or accept how or why you need what you need, you know, and make sense of it in their eyes, from their perspective, you know. The bad. You can hope to be accepted, but not understood. I can't count the number of people probably... Well, all right, I will qualify. 50%. 50% of the people who've told me, like, yeah, you know, I, I can accept it, but I just will never understand it. Yep, that's pretty much, I think, part and parcel for the whole experience. I think that's kind of normal for the situation. The good. Most people will still accept you, even if they disapprove. Though that acceptance may feel different than you want it to or are used to being accepted by them. And I think that was the crux behind the whole shit show with my, with my parents. It's like I felt truly accepted by my mom, but I, didn't, I felt like my dad's acceptance came with a lot of judgment. And um, I never had that kind of acceptance from him before. You know, I was just accepted as a son and now I'm kind of accepted as a, as a freaky disappointment. So, well, not now. I mean, when I was, when we were working through it. So yeah, people will accept you, but it's not going to feel the way you want it to with everybody. The good, you are not alone anymore. You'll always be able to find community to help you on your journey. And it's a beautiful thing. Whatever you're coming out as, however you're coming out, there's going to be people around who have done it before. And there's going to be advice. There's going to be people you can talk to, books you can read, podcasts you can listen to. More good. More good. You are one more person showing the world that there's more than one way to live and love. That counts for something. It really does. I mean, most days it's not going to put food on the table. It's not going to dry your tears. But when you get your feet back on the ground, it's something to be proud of. It definitely is. And, and it's definitely one of those things that will help you steady you on, on your feet. The bad. It can take years for some of your relationships to recover and feel unstrained or, or less weird, if ever. You know, I know my dad's going to always have these thoughts about how my marriage ended up the way it did, you know, but and he'll always have, always have his judgments of my ex-wife. But you know what? When we were vanilla in his eyes, he still had his judgments and felt like, disapproving of our relationship and our lifestyle and the way it was going because we didn't give him grandchildren. So there's always going to be a fucking judgment. We may as well be judged on our fucking terms, right? The bad. You may lose people out of your life. As I said, some really good advice that I heard is give people a year. And if after a year you're still struggling and you're still putting up with crap, well, then perhaps you need to draw a solid line in the ground and stand behind it. So you may lose people out of your life. And they may, people, may be people that you're very, very close to now. The good. You will know who in your life is really worth investing in. That sounds kind of icky to say, but, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I don't have the time for people who are going to, 
like make me feel like what I'm doing is wrong. You know, if you don't like the choices that I'm making, well, guess what? You don't have to be a part of it. Easier said than done. Um, unfortunate reality, nonetheless. The good. Relationships that recover from coming out are often stronger for it. Never the same, sometimes better, but always stronger. Like my relationship with my parents has recovered. And it's definitely stronger for the challenges that we've been through. I mean, we said a lot of shit to each other. We were really honest with each other. And you know, we still love each other like crazy. And that's what makes it stronger. Because in the end, we wanted to be together despite the differences, right? The bad. Coming out won't solve your problems. It's going to make new ones, okay? I can't be more clear about that. So if your reason for coming out is to, like, get rid of problems, yeah, no, it's going to make all new ones. The good, the problems created by coming out are real ones. You can resolve in real time, in the real world, as the real you, with other people out in the world, right? You can move forward through these problems. You can navigate them. You can talk about them. You can get through them. The problems that come from staying in the closet are self-imposed. They never go away. They're always hanging over you like a dark shadow. And the best you can hope for is to find ways to cope with them always being there. Yes. The good. You are being the change you want to see in the world. Ooh, that's so hokey, but it's so true. The good. You get to say who knows, how much they know, and when. You don't have to spill your guts to the whole world. You don't have to fucking tweet, I'm a little girl. You know, you know, you don't have to tell your Aunt Mary's cousin's nephew's brother's roommate that you saw her at Six Flags last week. You know, you get to decide who knows. I... I maintain complete discretion in various aspects of my life and in various social circles, in various relationships inside those social circles. There's social circles of my life that don't need to know about the, my lifestyle, but there are relationships in those social circles where I choose to share about my lifestyle because I trust the people that I'm confiding in. And there's no need for me to be open about my lifestyle at work. There's nothing for me to gain by everyone at work knowing that I'm a daddy, that everyone at work knowing that I'm polyamorous. There's nothing to gain there. But in my family, I can have Thanksgiving and have my girlfriend come over and have her talk about her husband and her kids. And it's a perfectly natural, normal thing. That's like so freeing. So there are areas of your life where you would want people to know and there are areas of your life where you really don't want people or don't need people to know so you get to say who knows how much they know and when the bad you can't always control what others are going to do with the information you give them now or in the future so uh you know trust is a thing and sometimes people like to feel important by sharing things that they know and that's more important to them to keeping somebody else's confidence and then there's that whole thing Psst, i've got a secret if you promise not to tell anybody i'll tell you well <laughs> that's called breaking uh trust i don't care how you slice it you know passing along a secret to somebody else who like promises to keep it a secret is just that's just fucking bullshit <laughs> It's like trusting. There's no honor among thieves. You know, if you're sharing a secret, then it's not a fucking secret. Don't expect the other person to keep it a secret. The good. And here's the last one. Exceptions aside, people are generally kinder and more accepting than we fear they will be. So let's talk a little bit about how to come out. So in conclusion, I want to talk a little bit about how to come out. If coming out is going to impact any of your partners, meaning that it's going to expose the people that you are connected to, have relationships with, like, you know, by being polyamorous you know, um, and coming out to my parents definitely impacted my wife, um, impacting my wife quite terribly, as a matter of fact, um, as, as you heard. So... There are a lot of considerations for me 
about coming out and my wife, ex-wife and I had to have a lot of communication around that and decide that if this was a choice that we both agreed with and this was a path that we both wanted to pursue and we were both willing to accept the consequences. So if coming out for you affects somebody else directly, meaning that when you come out, it's going to expose another person as well, you both need to be on the same page. You both need to you know, give permission to that um, before it actually happens. It's it's not fair to come out on your own and expose somebody else. I'm I'm sure that's pretty obvious as I'm saying it. As uh, far as how to come out, I mean, well, it's going to be a conversation, and it's going to depend on the person that you're talking to, and you know what kind of relationship you have with that person, what kind of communication that you're that you're used to having with that person. You know, if you're coming out to your to your dad, who's usually closed off and reserved, you know, there's going to be a certain way you're going to approach that, as opposed to coming out to your best friend, who you tell everything to. You know, you have to weigh the relationship. Um, that you have with the person. You have to take a look at what, what candor you have and approach it, from a, a, approach it from a perspective that's appropriate for the way you normally communicate with the person. And my advice would be is just to be as direct and, and honest as, as possible. But be ready with all of the information that you may or may not need to respond to their questions. I mean, you have to have a tactic. You can't just be like, so I'm in a 24-7 power exchange relationship where I'm the master and Tiffany's my slave. Um, So I just wanted to share that because I wanted to be a little bit more free in how I conduct my relationship when I'm around you. Um, Okay, that that's going to probably provoke a lot of fucking questions, especially if the person has no knowledge of what that lifestyle looks like, right? So you need to have context. Whoever you're coming out to, there, there needs to be some context for what you're telling them. And I would probably say as much as you can with as little explanation, as few words as possible. No matter what you say, the other person is going to have a reaction. They're going to have questions and they're going to have thoughts and concerns, right? So it really doesn't matter how how verbose you are and how many pamphlets you give them and how many books you give them to read, although that's not a bad idea. What matters is the conversation that's going to ensue after you have imparted this knowledge about yourself. So in my experience, how to come out isn't the issue. When I came out to my parents, I pretty much told them point blank, so hey, I've got something to tell you, and it's pretty important about my relationship with uh, my ex-wife. So my ex-wife and I are in an open relationship, which means we allow each other to see other people, and she has a boyfriend, and I have a girlfriend. So I we wanted to share that with you because we were afraid that if word ever got back to you that somebody saw us with another partner, we didn't want you to feel like one of us was cheating. We wanted to invite you into our lives and let you know that this is a choice that we've both made and that this is the life we're living. That was it. That's exactly verbatim what I said to my parents when I came out. And they had their reaction. So if you're going to come out, I want to be incredibly clear. It doesn't fucking matter what you say they're going to have a reaction. So don't try to prevent the reaction. Don't try to think of how can I say this to get them to be the most okay with it. Not going to fucking happen. Okay. The best thing you can do is just be as honest, honest and direct and succinct as possible. That will give them the best chance of being able to process what you're telling them. If you're too verbose and you give them too much information, it's going to be information overload. If you just handle the, hand them a few like chunks of information, then they can process what you're telling them and then they can get on with their reaction. So how to come out? Really? I, I can't write a manual that's going to say do it this way and you will succeed. 
but because because it's going to depend on your social circles, your circumstances, your cultural uh, norms, uh, your family norms, uh, all that shit, your relationships, how you conduct your relationships, how the people that you conduct your relationships with conduct their relationships. There's too many fucking variables for me to sit here and say, this is how you come out. But what I can tell you is the best thing that you could possibly do is just be simple, be direct, be honest, because what comes next is going to be their reaction. And there's no way how you tell them about your lifestyle is going to change that reaction. So don't don't try to do it. So at the end of the day, folks, this has been my story. And if you're thinking of coming out, I would certainly ask you to ask yourself why. What is it you hope to gain? What is it you have to lose by coming out? Okay? There's going to be a flip side. There's the good, the bad. What are you going to gain? What are you going to lose? Can you handle the turbulent waters of having to explain your non-normative identity, preferences, wants, needs, and desires, to, be, to dig so deep inside that intimate side of yourself that you've kept, kept protected and locked away safe in the closet, now you're going to throw it all on the table, bare, cold, and naked, for people to poke and prod. Can you handle it? Can you handle being questioned on this thing that you've kept hidden for so long? Because, no, you don't owe anyone an explanation. But if people are close to you, then you can't just tell them to fuck off and deal. You will have the conversations. But you will get to say who and when you have those conversations with. You can take control of your life. But with great control comes great responsibility. I'm co-opting a little bit there, but it fits. Ask me how I know. So think hard about why you want people to know something so personal and intimate about you. Then look in your heart, because in your heart and for your life, you already know. What you do next is up to you, and it's going to be your journey. Just keep this wisdom in mind. Whatever hardships you face, if you do come out, they are all perfectly normal for the situation. When you drop a bomb on people, they're going to have to recover. So if the shit hits the fan and you're in a shit hits the fan situation and you're dealing with shit hits the fan consequences, well, then I guess that's where you parked your car. And all of the hardship that comes along with coming out is definitely normal for that kind of situation. So keep calm and non-normative on, my friends. You have any questions, comments, or suggestions? Remember, this whole episode came from a simple comment that was left on one of my episodes on the Anchor platform. You can write daddy underscore af at comcast.net. And nothing lets me know that this podcast is making a difference by you subscribing or liking or writing a written review on any of the platforms that you listen to. So thanks for joining me down the bunny hole, and I'll catch you next time on Daddy as Fuck.